And then I was like, am I going to vote for Trump? <laughs> I was like, oh my God. <laughs> what, what's happening to me? I was like, what is happening? <laughs> Hey guys, today I have on a friend of mine, Emily Stanwick, who is a birth doula, and she also helps run uh, Tall Hop Politics on Instagram and I'm sure other social media platforms. So welcome, Emily. Yay, thank you for having me. I'm so happy to be here. Of course. Um, why don't you tell us a little bit about your background? Yeah. What you do. Yeah, great question. Um, I actually got started in fitness about, oh my gosh, 2011. Whoa, almost 13 years ago. <laughs> um, yeah, crazy. So when I graduated college, I you know, was an athlete and then I just jumped into the fitness world because I didn't want a real job. And, um, and I loved it. It was awesome. And I was in the CrossFit community and a lot of moms were at the CrossFit gym, a lot of pregnant women and a lot of new moms. And I started um, basically like shadowing my friend, Lindsay Matthews. Her, her new last name is Lindsay Cantu. Yes. yes, she is in... Texas also. So she's here. Um, she lives in Wimberley, but you know, she's Austin, New Braunfels. And, uh, yeah, so she's a chiropractor and she started a company called birth fit, which is prenatal and postpartum fitness training. So I just kind of like leaned in hard to that. And I like learned so much from her and started personal training, pregnant and postpartum moms and loved it so much just, and I loved when the babies came too. It was so fun. And, um, and then she was like, you should be a doula. And this was about 10, 10 years ago, almost 10 years ago. Um, and I was like, never heard of that. What is that? And the way that she described it was basically like a birth coach. She kind of related it to fitness because that's like my the world I knew. Mm-hmm. So in the delivery room, you're coaching women through labor. I was like, oh, my God, that's a thing? I can go to births but not go to medical school? Yes, sign <laughs> me up. <laughs> And I just took a seminar and jumped right in. And I'm really grateful I had her because I don't think I would have been able to, I would have had absolutely no idea what to do if she hadn't been like a friend of mine and helped me and like mentored me to get clients and um, things like that. But luckily working at the gym, all the pregnant women came to the gym and then I attended a lot of their births and then just really grew naturally from there. Um, And then I had babies. Um one in 2018, one in 2020, and I'm pregnant with my third right now. Yay! So I got to really walk the walk when it was my turn, which was definitely like elevated my doula, being a doula, like who I was as a doula, because I really got it after I went through my own labor. Mm -hmm. Um, And then 2020 happened. (laughs) Actually, 2018 happened and 2019 happened because I lived in LA. Oh. Yes. (laughs) Yeah. So there were a couple bills that passed in 2018 that really just kind of steamrolled the whole homeless drug crisis into a major, major crisis. Like it was bad. It's always been bad ever since I was a kid in LA. Like you don't go to Skid Row. You didn't go to the Venice boardwalk back in the day in the nineties. And, um, 
And I would start posting on my Instagram videos of all the encampments. And this is well before the pandemic. Mm -hmm. Um, And well before I was even like outwardly not a Democrat anymore, but I was just like, are we good with this LA? Like I would just take videos. Are we good with this? And people at the gym would be like, you have no compassion for these people. I was like, no, (laughs) that's not it. I'm like, no, this is called pity. Like I have lots of compassion for what's happening. No one's doing anything to actually help these people. And so I really started mm-hmm. speaking up about the homelessness crisis and, um, and then just started like listening to local politics more. It really perked my ears up. I, I was completely oblivious to politics before then. And then, um, and then I was like, am I going to vote for Trump? <laughs> <laughs> I was like, Oh my God. <laughs> What, what's happening to me? Like, what is happening? <laughs> when did you move to LA? I I was born and raised there. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And so I technically wasn't born there. I've lived there since I was less than one year old. Yeah. But I've lived in LA my entire life. So I'm a local, was a local, which is kind of rare. My husband is too. He was born and raised in LA. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, we both were on the same page. Thank God. Um, yeah. And then, yeah. So what was it like during, because we, we emerged in 2015 as an organization. And I remember we were sort of working parallel with the warrior moms out in California because they were dealing with Senator Pan and what he was proposing and it actually became law. So what were you involved in any of the activism then? Not at all. I was actually very much, I, I had a lot of women in my classes who did not vaccinate their kids. And I will be honest. I was, I judged them as being idiots. We'll forgive you. Yeah. And I have since apologized to Lindsay specifically. And I was like, Mm -hmm. Hey, I'm sorry if you ever felt like that. I thought you were stupid because I get it now. And she was like, thanks for saying that, you know? Um, so I wasn't involved in any sort of activism at all where I was more starting to open my eyes to activism was medical freedom in the birth world. Okay. So it was more like, what was really interesting was all of my births in California were hospital births. Um, Mm -hmm. I did not attend any home births until my birth, till I gave birth. So I just, every time I went to a hospital, I was just kind of like, just, what's like, it was just, I would just get a, I did not like it. I did not Mm -hmm. like how the women were treated. I did not like the fear mongering. I did not like the coercion that I saw. I did not like just the, like, kind of like brushing patients off as you don't know more than us. Mm -hmm. That's where I really started to like wake up and learn more about what else is available. And then, like I said, I'd have many women who did not vaccinate their kids. And while I didn't judge them at at the same time, I was kind of like, well, these women are really like, they're not stupid. Mm -hmm. Like I was, I was like, you're an idiot, but I was also like, you're actually a smart person talking to you. And so that just piqued my interest. Like why? I'm really curious why, but I wasn't involved in any sort of activism at all until 2020. Well, and sort of a side note, like, I don't know you from the vaccine world. I don't, I didn't really know you and Lindsay 
from the women's rights world either. Like I knew her from BirthFit because I was a part of a a fitness community um, Paragon training and Lori Christine King, who runs that would constantly like refer women to BirthFit for, you know, postpartum fitness. So it was such a pleasure to meet y'all in person uh, last year. And know that we have, you know, we're aligned in so many different areas. But you you touched on 2020. And before we started recording, I'd mentioned that at the Texans for Vaccine Choice rally in 2021, I went with a couple of local doulas who were just completely heartbroken at what happened to their their natural birth world mm-hmm. as a result of the response to COVID. So I wanted to allow you to kind of give some firsthand um, knowledge and experience of what, why was there such a sharp turn there? Oh my gosh, it is such a good question. And I honestly don't really know the answer except that like, I'm sure you feel the same way. Most people are not going to defy orders Mm. because they're conditioned to believe that in order to be a good citizen, you have to do the thing for the greater good. Hate that. (laughs) Um, So like I said, I was in California and all of my births were hospital births. And I had had a number of births lined up for 2020, knowing that I was going to give birth at the end of the summer. And, um, you know, I was kind of like saving up and I was like, cool, got all this lined up. And then bam, COVID pandemic. And I was not allowed in the hospitals. And this was way before the vaccine. Um, and that that sucked. But then they started saying, dads can't even be in the hospitals. And I was like, Oh my God. Like, whoa, this is so gnarly. And from the get go, my husband and I, I mean, we, we spent the first two weeks, the 15 days really kind of just like, I was pregnant. I was newly pregnant. So I was like, I just don't want to get sick. I just really don't want to get, I I don't even want a cold right now. I am like 13 (laughs) weeks pregnant. I don't even want a cold but I still had my private clients come to my house instead of going to the gym. And I wasn't like, I wasn't hyper freaked out. I was just kind of like, what's going on. And then as soon as it got extended, we were like, Oh, Oh, we see where this is going immediately. And so when all this stuff happened in the hospitals in LA, it made a lot of sense because LA people think is this sort of Mecca of well being. And I I say that every now and then. And someone's like, no one thinks that anymore. And I'm like, (laughs) Not anymore. No, more, not anymore. In the past, you go to LA for yoga, for the retreats, for the cleanses, for the cleanses and, you know, muscle beach, whatever. It's all BS. Everyone there is a total blinders on. We're not going to defy orders. And there are so mm-hmm. many people in LA who do think like me, but they just weren't outspoken because they were scared of losing their job or losing their friends or whatever, which I understand on one hand, but like I had a job and friends. Yeah. And I was a psycho on Instagram <laughs> at the beginning of the pandemic. And I still had a job and I was just like, I don't care. Um, but seeing what was happening in birth was really, really gnarly. Women's rights being taken left and right, having them be threatened to have their baby take away from them. 
taken away from them if they tested positive for COVID. Um, That was so scary because there was no protocol. There was no like for how long, like no, it, it was as if, I mean, human lives did not matter, mm-hmm. but they're trying to save human lives. Yeah. And they were a- making it up as they were going along. It seemed completely, completely yeah. making it up. And then with the whole vaccine thing, <clears throat> you know, so we had 2020 total shit show. And, um, I was so grateful. I had planned, you know, this was my second baby I had a home birth with my first, I was planning a home birth with my second. So my pregnancy experience was relatively chill. My midwives mm-hmm. were pretty cool. Like, I just said, I don't wear masks. I'm not doing that. Um, I can't breathe. I have really bad congestion in pregnancy. That's like my thing. And I was like, I'm not wearing this. I can't breathe. And everyone was just like, okay, like who's going to say no to a pregnant lady? Yeah. <laughs> um, I'm also very tall. So I can just <laughs> on them and say, no, no, intimidating. I'm not doing that. <laughs> but, um, <clears throat> you know, those of us who were kind of like aware of what was going on knew that this was just going to be a vaccine crazy situation. And, um, by the time the vaccine rolled out, we had moved to Texas. So Mm. we were, and, and coming here felt like heaven. It was so much more free and so much more open. And there was, I mean, at least where we live, which is not in Austin, um, it was like COVID didn't even exist. Yeah. Just incredible. Um, but with the births, it was definitely a thing where all the midwives and all the doulas were getting their shots or at least portraying themselves like they were. Mm -hmm. I've talked to one midwife recently who was like, yeah, no one knows. Like I'm one of the only midwives in Austin who didn't get the shot. And I'm like, whoa, like they just didn't, they didn't tell anybody. Mm -hmm. Um, and yeah, I mean, I, I couldn't tell you why, except that they didn't want to lose their license. They didn't want to lose business. They didn't want to um, ruffle any feathers. They didn't want to have the conversation with their patients or their clients. And they just, and then some of them genuinely believed that that was the right thing to do. You know? Yeah. It was really weird. So I, I, I have three kids and all three um, of the births involved midwives. Um, for the third birth, my midwife had to shift and become my doula because we had to go to the hospital in 34 and a half weeks. But wow. Um, at no point, so my, my youngest was born in 2013, but at no point did we even, I didn't ask them their vaccine status. They never asked me about my vaccine status. They, I think maybe with my second birth, they might have mentioned like the vaccines given at birth, Yes, but, um, it just wasn't really a consequential topic or an issue. And it wasn't, it definitely, I never even thought to ask their vaccine status. My, and this was before I was kind of peaked on vaccine choice. It just wasn't something you discussed. Like you didn't have, you weren't entitled to that information about somebody. Yeah. Like the only thing I would remember being, you know, a young adult is like, get your flu shot. Mm -hmm. But like no one asked. I don't even remember any situation where I would have been asked. 
Um, it's just so strange that this is all of a sudden like need to know information will not work with you if you haven't gotten this and you know, you're a terrible person if you don't get right. it. Now, obviously it's a little bit, it's a lot better because people are realizing like, oh, it didn't work. <laughs> um, but yeah, because I was so outspoken on Instagram about it, that actually got me a ton of clients. Yeah. Um, and I'm like, if you just are true to yourself, true to your heart, like, yeah, you might lose business, but you're going to gain business as well. Mm -hmm. um, and I think people were just afraid of that. I remember my dad saying to me, like, you better be careful what you say online. And I was like, I am I'm very aware of what I'm saying online. Like, you're going to lose business. I'm like, good. I don't want those people. Yeah. I do not want to work with people who are going to be weird like that. Um, but but most people, and especially women, sadly, like, don't have that. Um, don't have that like intensity when it comes to personal values. When it comes to their business. Mm -hmm. They're afraid of losing their license. They're afraid of losing business. Totally understandable. What I did notice when I got here, I had one hospital birth. It was actually, I want to say it was January of 2022, um, was in hospital in Austin. The doulas needed a certification to show. Mm -hmm. So doula certifications are BS, just so everyone knows. <laughs> um they're not legal. They're not, yeah, they're not like overseen by any governing body. I created my own, you'll probably like this. I created my own doula training course because of all the gender language that was mm. being changed in most like well-known doula trainings. They were, you know, using birthing person and all that crap. Um, so I was like, where do I refer people to? I was like, nowhere. I'm gonna make up my own. That is wow. like woman centered. Um, and so I had to have a certification. And so I just Photoshopped one and showed it to them on my phone. <laughs> like, because <laughs> I'm just like, here's my certification. They're like, thanks. And um, at the time, the client who I was attending uh, had had COVID like nine days prior. Oh, wow. Called me sobbing. She's like, I don't want you to come to my birth. I'm like, I'm like, I've been trying to get COVID this whole time. <laughs> I was like, I don't care. I will be there. I'm not worried about it. I was like, I haven't gotten it yet. Like, let's just get this over with. And um, yeah, I'll be there. And then so she she was right around 39 weeks when she got COVID. She was not scared of being sick, but just the hospital situation. Mm -hmm. And then um she gets to the hospital. And they're like, we need to test you for COVID because they were still doing that in 2022. And we were just like, oh, God. we know that it's going to show up positive on a PCR test. So, of course, shows up positive, And they say, you need to wear a mask when you are in labor. And I was just like, oh, hell. And she was just like, no, I don't want to do that. Can I wear the face screen thing? What, what were those things called? The shield? Face shield. Uh, yeah. Like a literal like visor on her forehead with things where it can come up and under. <laughs> They're like, yeah, you can wear that. And I'm like, what on earth? Um, so she did that. And they were, you know, they like made her do all this stuff, but they were pretty cool. Like in labor, she just threw it off and no one like 
forced it back on her. Um, but the OBGYN, I am not kidding you. I have a picture of it. I should probably find it full on scrubs covering her feet, her hands all the way to her face like this, like the scrubs that come like the hoodie that you cinch around your face mm -hmm. with, with a gas mask, goggles, and a paper mask over the gas mask. It's I science. When I did not hear a single word she said, we couldn't under, it was like, <laughs> it was like Beaker. It was like the Charlie Brown teacher. Womp, womp, womp. I was like, is this real? Like, and we'd be like, what, what, what? And then the nurses would like translate for her. We're like, well, how can you understand what she's saying? And it was just, she was very kind. She wasn't like being mean or anything. She was just like, I'm wearing this because I have young children at home who aren't eligible for the vaccine. So like, I can't risk. I was like, why are you here? Like, yeah. why are you even in the hospital? If you're so afraid of your children who are unvaccinated, getting COVID, how can you even come to work? I'm just, that confuses me. Yeah. Um, it's just like the dissonance, right? Like, mm -hmm. they just can't. Like, it's just, it was so insane. Meanwhile, she's positive for COVID and me and her husband are not wearing masks and she's not wearing a mask. And we're just like, we don't care. Yeah. It was bizarre. And the birth was good. And the OB was, like I said, she was very kind. She wasn't aggressive or anything. She was just hyper freaked out. And, um, she was nervous about them taking the baby away, but they didn't do, they weren't doing that anymore. Um, I think they definitely, I, I can't really remember if they made a stink about that, but they didn't take the baby away, but it just caused so much more fear than there mm -hmm. already is in the Western birth world. Like, and it just, it just was such a regression in what doulas and midwives had been trying to do when it came to like collaboration with hospitals. And then of course there were midwives who were hyper freaked out. Mm -hmm. um, and it was just very apparent that uh, like women were not in charge anymore and women felt very much like I don't have very many options. Um, and that's another reason why I was so outspoken too, because I would speak up and then midwives would te text me and be like, Hey, you know, send me people who are this or that, who are don't right. want shot or don't like, I had some people message me who in LA, do you know any midwives in LA who haven't gotten the shot? And I'm like, I know two and I will send you their information. I still mm -hmm. only know two. Um, and yeah, it was insane. It was insane. But Texas home birth community was definitely a little more mellow for sure. Okay. Yeah. But there, I mean, what you're bringing up, it's sort of like this overlap. I mean, people seek out home births or midwife and doula attended births because of the lack of respect for informed consent in the, the labor and delivery wards across the Western world, like you mm -hmm. mentioned. So it's, it's like this completely amplified that, um, that culture of just telling a woman, like, this is how you're going to birth. Exactly. And you know, you don't get really get a say in it. Like I remember when I was pregnant, the three times it was like, write a birth plan, write a birth plan. And everybody was talking about how important it is to write a birth plan. I was yes. like, 
it's not a contract. They're, yeah. They don't, they don't read it. And they're like, okay, everything that we tell everybody else, we're going to throw out the window just for you. Like right. you have to surround yourself with people who in your most vulnerable moment will respect what you believe in or what you desire um, right. during your birth. And most likely your OBGYN not going to cut it. No, not even a little bit. And it gave OBGYNs so much more authority mm. in inducing in C-sections in just totally, t- completely ignoring your birth plans or birth desires because of this pandemic. They had the most perfect excuse. Um, and then, yeah, like, like, you know, some women, many women can't afford out of hospital care, right? Cause mm-hmm. it is a chunk of change. Many women don't know that they're going to be paying a big bill after the fact from the hospital. Mm-hmm. Um, but they were then forced into getting this shot in pregnancy. Yeah. Well, if you want, you can't come if you don't have the COVID shot, but they have no other option, right? They can't afford <laughs> a midwife. Maybe they can't even afford a doula. And um, and you can't come here if you don't have the COVID shot. And I would have, you know, me, I would have just been like, okay, I'll just do this at home. But yeah. my, most women aren't like that. Um it's, it was so bad. And so many women were so afraid to get the shot in pregnancy, rightfully so, you know? Um, and it just, it created a total dictatorship when it came to standard OBGYN care. Yeah. Um, you know, with my midwives, it was awesome. I, I remember coming to Texas and talking to a friend and being like, she was like, oh, my mom tested positive for COVID, blah, blah, blah. I don't know if I'm going to test myself. I was like, oh, I've never taken a test. She's like, what about at the hospital when you had your baby? I was like, oh, I didn't do hospitals. They were like, oh, you got Whoa. to like skip all of the COVID BS. I was like, yeah, it was amazing. Now, my midwives wore masks at my house, which I just was like, so stupid, but whatever. <laughs> and they said, they're like, we're only doing this out of respect for our other clients who would prefer we wear a mask. I'm just like, okay. Yeah. If you know it's stupid, you can take it off. I won't tell them a promise. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it just took so much away, so much power away from women when we already don't get a lot in the hospital system. And uh, the silver lining is lots of out of hospital births are happening now a mm-hmm. lot more. Um which is great, especially now that all the hysteria has calmed down. Um, it is still kind of hard to find a midwife who is truly out of the system mentally. Mm-hmm. You know, you have to really like know them and know where they stand. And you know, unfortunately, as much as I hate the vaccine question, did, did you get the shot? Now it's kind of like, but did you not get the shot? Okay, yeah, <laughs> you got. You know, so like. It's it's such a wild time now. I just wish everyone was outspoken. Yeah. Well, and that, that sort of segues into my next question is when when did you decide to um, create Tall Hot Politics? And yeah. what is what sort of your goal with that profile? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Great question. Um, so Leah, maybe you know who she is. She's maybe not. She's friends with me and Lindsay, and she's in Houston. Um her last name starts with a B? Leah Barto, yeah. 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 So she um 
My son is going insane right now. I don't know if people are just screaming. I'm sorry if you can. That's okay. Um, Normal. Yeah. She, right around the time when I was just like, am I going to vote for Trump? <laughs> she was talking to me a lot because she, we, I knew she was a conservative Republican and totally loved Trump. And I was just kind of waking up to the LA politics mm. and and then the California politics. I had never, ever, ever followed local politics, like ever, which is insane for me to think about now. Mm-hmm. Um, but I was just blissfully ignorant. You know, I was just, I just went to the beach, went to work, went to the bar, you know, that was my life. And um, when the homelessness and the drug stuff really kicked in, so basically the bills allowed for trespassing essentially, but camping on the streets, anywhere you wanted. Um, you uh, f- possession of heroin, cocaine and meth were no longer a felony. Um, and then theft up to $950 a day was a ticketed offense. Mm-hmm. You just get a ticket. Who's gotten a ticket for, for, all? I mean, we we see it all in mass now, the, the smash and grabs. Um, so I was like, Michael, why are we even paying for our groceries? Like, why yeah. don't we just steal them? Like, I don't get it for real. <laughs> like, I kind of want to. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, it'd be a lot easier. It'd be a lot easier on us. Um, and Leah would, was like, hey, you got to you gotta share about this more. This is awesome. Because she's like, all those LA liberals, they don't know anything. <laughs> um so we started this Instagram account together when I was really like, yeah, I think I'm going to vote for Trump. This is insane. It was insane for me to even consider that um, because I was so not there in 2016. Mm-hmm. And I had every intention of making this account public and really using this to um, kind of come out as a conservative Um I was nervous to make it a public account, but I was like, I feel good about that. Like I want people to know and, um, whatever, but I was still really nervous. I was like, I'm not ready. I'm not ready. I'm not ready. And then I made it public for like a day and I had posted a picture of me wearing a MAGA hat and like someone sent it to someone at my gym. Uh. I got the nastiest long text message from them and someone stopped going to the gym because of that. And then I got a text message and I was just like, you know what? I actually want this to be private and I want this to be a place where I can speak very, very freely where people who follow me, I know who's following. Um, so the intention of this was kind of just, a release of all my anger <laughs> and all my rage, <laughs> but that I wasn't really willing yet to post super publicly. The COVID stuff was very public. Now, you know, since Biden has destroyed this country, um, I'm much more public about Trump on my main page, but it was just a page for people who were very um, much like me, who were like kind of closeted conservative in some aspects to come and like talk and 
you know, just share different posts. And, you know, I save a lot of highlights on tall hall politics. I'm like, okay, I need to have my, this highlight and this highlight. Mm -hmm. I have two full highlights dedicated to vaccine injuries actually. Wow. Yeah. So I have like just so much random stuff. I call it like my rage page. All of the like <laughs> rage comes out. Um, this is where I post all my turf stuff. <laughs> um, yeah. And I do post a lot of that on my main page as well, but a lot of that on tall hot politics. Um, so, you know, the intention was just for fun. And for me, it wasn't to be some political commentator and be famous or anything. It was just mostly like a place where I can really let it all out. Yeah. Yeah. So as we wrap up, I want to give everybody an opportunity to find you um, on yeah. social media if they care to, to kind of maybe they can reach out and see what resources you can share. You said you started your own doula certification. Yeah. Um, so I think that that would be a great avenue for a lot of these you know, potential cool. natural birth workers in yeah. the state of Texas. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. So I teach my doula training course twice a year in January and in June, but next year I'm only going to do it in January. Yeah. Um, cause I'm having my third in May. I might do a late fall one, but I don't know. Um, and again, that's very like woman centered and it's a year long course. So you're, we do six intensive like education classes every two weeks. And then we have calls for throughout the remainder of the year. And I'm like your mentor. Um, I kind of like, I was like, what was Lindsay like for me? You know, every time I'd go to a birth, I'm texting her. Um, so that's what I am for all the people who take my class. When they go to their births, I'm available. Like if they, if they're like, what's going on? Um, I teach birth education as well. So if you're pregnant, you're a mom, um, I teach that that's live online as well. So anyone can take it. And, um, so that's, you can find those on my website at emilystanwick.com. And then you can just reach out to me on Instagram as well at emilystanwick. And then Tall Hot Politics, you can follow. I pretty much let anyone join, but really it's like, if I know who you are, that's when I don't let you follow. <laughs> <laughs> my friends and family who are, you know, my like liberal friends who are yeah. in California still, I'm like, oh, they want to see what's going on? Nope. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> Try it with somebody else. I'm not the one. Exactly. <laughs> Well, awesome. Thank you so much for your time. It was really great to kind of deep dive and get to know you a little bit better. Um, I love having you now on the conservative train, <laughs> but uh, keep doing what you're doing. I really appreciate your advocacy and Thank your you. support for women in pregnancy and birth and um, hope to catch up with you again soon. Thank you so much. This was awesome to be here. Awesome. Thank you for listening to the Shot Callers podcast. Please, if you found value in this content, rate us and share the podcast with a friend. It's a great way to get the message out and to empower everyone to make informed decisions. Until next time, never forget, we are the Shot Callers.